Blaze Radio presents Heat Heat Check. Heat Check is that time. This is Heat Check on a not so wintry November Wednesday, and it's here. The college football playoff has arrived. Folks are angry about it. Folks inside the station are angry about it. Maybe some folks inside this room are angry about it. I'm not sure. But the men in this room this evening are Riley Swenson, Kevin Malater, Gabe Swartz, and of course, I am Peyton Gallagher. And let's start with the original college football playoff poll for the year 2021. The inaugural ranking came out last evening. These are our fresh reactions. A little time to stew on them, but nonetheless, authentic and original, hopefully. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've heard enough of uh, Cincinnati white knighting and virtue signaling already, right? Yes, the G5. The G5 white knighting has happened enough uh, over the past week plus. Um, And I think that I think that people were so shocked that it was from the two to the five, um, and it was that extreme in that that regard. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, we always knew that the committee was going to distance themselves a little bit. If you if you've lived in this realm, if you've lived in watching the college football playoff rankings, I would say the thing that is more important than Cincinnati being at six is who is not anywhere between 16 and 25. There's no SMU. There's no Houston. There's no way that Cincinnati is going to be able to bolster their ranking in the way necessary uh, without some real help from other teams uh, in front of them and behind them messing up. Because not only does Cincinnati have to deal with Ohio State finding a second loss and Oregon finding a second loss and Alabama finding a second loss, they need Notre Dame, who's behind them, has to keep winning to help their case. But they also need 8 and 9, Oklahoma and Wake Forest, to stumble once, maybe twice, because Oklahoma has their hardest three-game stretch of the year. And I think that's why most people are not upset with Oklahoma being at 8, is because they know at Baylor, uh, and then you've got Iowa State, and you've got at Oklahoma State. So you've got three chances where they could really lose. And then they've got a, a Big 12 championship. People aren't going to be mad about Oklahoma, but if Oklahoma goes out and wins those four games, they're going to easily and convincingly hop Cincinnati. So I'm not surprised by where they went, and I'm not going to be super upset about it because I just I think there's a lot of dumb arguments being made out there. Oh, yeah. about, this every year about Cincinnati and how how competent of a team they are. Sure, like on the field. I'm not convinced Cincinnati is better than they were last year. I think that's a debate as well. I think the problem is the problem. The biggest problem I have is Bama at two because that feels like mm-hmm. a cop out. Absolutely. And once again, the emphasis on certain parts of the criteria that I know next week it will not be the emphasis on, and the week after that it'll be a different emphasis. And the moving of the dartboard. And I say dartboard for a reason because I really think that the committee is just throwing darts at times and deciding, hey, if we if we change what criteria matters to us on a week-to-week basis, then people won't necessarily be able – they'll be able to poke holes in our arguments, but we'll also be able to poke holes in theirs. And that's the whole thing about college fo- 
football playoff debates that we can enjoy at times and can also drive someone like me mad and and gets me to yell at Peyton in a pre-show meeting as as Riley and Kevin were in, in tune to because I would just like, and this is not going, we don't need to have a giant discussion about this tonight because it's not getting solved. I would just like if every team in college football came into the year knowing what it would have to do to make the college football playoff. As it stands right now, I don't feel bad for Cincinnati because I don't know if they're one of the four best teams in college football. I just wish we had a system where you could point to it and point to Luke Fickle and say, you do X, Y, and Z, you're in. And we don't have that, and that's that's the upsetting part. Well, and, but, and here's the point, and I've forgotten my hosting duties in some extent because I didn't list the teams so that you might have a reference if you weren't aware with how the poll shook out last night as it was revealed around 8 p.m. on the Eastern Coast. It goes as follows. Georgia at one, to no surprise to anybody. Alabama follows them at two, surprise to many. I think, and we will certainly dissect that in more detail as Gabe has already kind of forayed down that path to this point. Michigan State falls in at three, coming off a big win over Big Brother Michigan. Uh, Reese Davis aptly said before the game, for a little brother, Michigan State is looking an awful lot like Michigan's daddy as of late. That continues. Is that a direct quote? That's a direct quote from game day. Wow. Oregon at four. Ohio State at 5, Cincinnati undefeated at 8-0 with a win over top 10 Notre Dame. Something, a distinction, in fact, that actually no other team in this poll inside the top 10 can boast aside from Oregon, who beat Ohio State, and Michigan State, who just beat Michigan. So Cincinnati at 6, Michigan 7, undefeated Oklahoma at 9, Wake Forest also 8-0 and spotless in the loss column in there behind them. And then Notre Dame at 10 with the one loss being to Cincinnati. That is how the top 10 shakes out. My thought is this, and maybe I was a little bit overzealous in my defense earlier for people who were saying, I felt kind of besieged by the folks who were saying Cincinnati being in was a travesty because it's not. It may be in a vacuum, less offensive than it is when you factor in the lineage of the teams that have been snubbed out of the playoff, out of the G5. And I have to uh, take into account that that emotional baggage for the people who, I guess, feel slighted by this system. But in a vacuum, to definitively say any team that isn't Georgia belongs in the playoff at this point in time, out of that group that exists from the second-ranked team in the country to the eighth-ranked team in the, the country in Oklahoma, and really you can even extend that to Wake Forest at nine, to definitively say that is wrong. Only a Sith thinks in absolutes, even though that is an ironic statement because it is an absolute. I think you can make this in the image of whatever you want to, I I think that it's really hard to try and nail it down at this point in time, but the committee, as I kind of stop spewing this gobbledygook at you, here is the long and short of it. The committee knows that this is a week nine initial ranking and that a lot of this will solve itself, as Kirk Herbstreet said last evening, Riley pointed this out to me before the show, 
hey, for all the folks that are mad about Alabama at two, which I think is the most nonsensical aspect of this initial poll, well, they're not going to finish there unless they beat Georgia, at which point they would have earned their way into the playoff. So it doesn't really matter that they're ranked second at this point in time, other than I guess it maybe reveals a little bit of the committee's thinking. I I just don't believe I don't believe in the Alabama at two doesn't matter. Like how Why? quick how quickly Herb Street uh just completely disregarded it as mattering at all. Um I don't think I don't think it cites that because I, I think in a year of such chaos, and I don't I'm not predicting that this happens. By the way, I'm gonna interlude really quickly to prove the point of this chaos. Look at the rankings right now, and you'll see a lot of one-loss teams. If you go back, you look at, let's throw 2020 out because some teams were 1-0 and at the point of the initial CFP ranking. If you go back and look at it, the top five almost unanimously has been undefeated teams, and that's not the case this year. Yeah, exactly. There but, were 10 and, undefeated teams in the initial 2019 CFP poll. And there are four that's this year. The, that's the thing that stands out to me kind of the most is – there is a matter of most of the most of the time the top five is undefeated teams because the committee to a certain extent just rewards teams for winning their games on the field. So a team like Oklahoma would be higher anyways. A team like Wake Forest, mm-hmm. if Wake Forest had like Wake Forest resume is not extremely impressive. Okay, if Clemson had Wake Forest resume, if Clemson had Wake Forest's offense and its defensive problems, which make them look more like Oklahoma than any any typical ACC contender, you can't tell me that Wake Forest would not be in the top five or top six. But I would like to have the discussion of how many teams you think control their own destiny because mm. they're – I would just say to wrap the bow on the Alabama part of this of why I think two matters is because in a year where so much weird stuff has happened, if – Ohio, if Michigan State goes out there and loses to Penn State on the last weekend of the regular season, and Ohio State gets the Big Ten championship game um, and somehow loses to whoever comes out of the Big Ten, West. Minnesota, and Minnesota, they, they end up with Gogos. You end up with either a you end up with a three loss uh, champion from the Big Ten West. You end up with a two loss Ohio State team. You end up with a one loss Michigan State who is not a Big Ten champion. I don't think any of those teams are getting in. I don't know what you end up with as far as, like, if Wake Forest doesn't pitch a complete shutout in the in the loss column, and I think they might lose this week to North, to North Carolina, excuse me. Which is not a conference game. Not a conference game, but one that they're not favored in either. Yeah. Um, They're going to, like— Wake Forest is not making the playoff if they have a loss. They may not make the playoff undefeated. That's and that's the thing. What we I, we will hold up their resume next to Cincinnati's if Cincinnati wins out, and say Cincinnati's is much more robust. And I think that's a fact at this point. It will clearly have the best win. Yeah, it will clearly have the best win in Notre Dame. And although Notre Dame may finish as a one-loss team, I'm still not sure how good Notre Dame is. I mean, it's. Not exactly like Notre Dame's been, A, lighting the world on fire. They still have an absolute question mark at quarterback. And, B, been really playing much of anybody above, like, a 6 out of 10. It 
so yeah, do you want to have the discussion but of anyway? Of I I, I, I want to shred the bow that you put on Alabama real quick and revisit them. Okay, because this is the part that I am always a big defender on the committee. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, and I'm. Yeah, and I'm, you're anti, I'm and that's fine. I, I understand why, and I don't necessarily fully even disagree with a lot of your logic. I just think that when we get to the end of the road, we usually arrive where we should. They've kind of they've had an easy job, to be fair, aside from really the first year of this thing's existence when they had to leave TCU out and move Ohio State, and then the year they had to take Ohio State over Penn State. Penn State was a multi-loss team. Ohio State wasn't, but Penn State won the Big Ten because they beat Ohio State. It was chaotic. I don't think it would have met. Clemson would have wiped up anyway against either of those two teams. They certainly thrashed Ohio State. Anyway, I think that the committee has arrived at the right answer every time. They pick the four best teams. And they do that by using a Trump all eye test, although they kind of use other metrics to throw people through a loop of why they're doing what they're doing because it's easier to point at numbers as steadfast reasoning than, hey, this is just what we thought. But they usually just kind of pick the four best teams in the country and order them in that fashion. Alabama doesn't pass that eye test. Yeah. If, Other than if, they're Alabama, like, if you've watched Alabama play this year, you know that they're not what they typically are. They've struggled in several games against teams that they normally would put away. They were losing in the second half to Tennessee. And Alabama doesn't deserve to be second. If you're going to put a one-loss team over three Power 5 schools that are undefeated and the group of five team that we came into the year and like this just shows goes to show like if Cincinnati came into the year and Cincinnati was SMU yeah and they were undefeated they would not be at six they'd be in like the mid-teens or the late or the mid-20s and Cincinnati's going off two years of work and uh, and that's the thing that that's the thing is like you have to work your way into even being potentially in this And it's really hard for those teams in the middle because usually the reason they're there is because they're veteran latent teams that are going to have all their guys move on to the draft. But Kevin's been yeah burning and Go ready to it. get going, so he's got something to say. Yeah, two things for me. Number first thing off, I don't think Michigan State's a top four team in the country as of right now. I don't. I, I don't get that, but continue. I, I just don't. I don't think they have the body of work yet. I think if they beat Ohio State, then yes, I do think. They're I mean, a top they're one of team. three teams with a top ten win according with a, to this poll. With a with a win over an active top ten team. Yep. Yes. True, but I still don't think – I don't like the rest of their body of work so far. Obviously, that will change if they go on the road and beat Ohio State and Columbus. The other thing, though, for me, you guys talked about brand recognition. I feel like the committee year after year, and my dad and I were texting about this, always forgive – Shout out Papa later. Yes, exactly. Always forgive teams who have won losses just because of their names. For Alabama and Ohio sure. State, they always get forgiven on their losses no matter how good or bad those losses are because of the names. Versus look at a team like Wake Forest, you guys mentioned it. Wake Forest loses one game. They're not in this conversation anymore. If Wake Forest has a loss, they're like— They're gone. They may not be ranked in the top 20. They're probably right below— Where Pitt is? BYU, Ole Miss. Yeah, they're in that range. Probably the only team I'm confident they'd be above is NC State. Because they're better than them in their own conference. I think that's the bigger complaint about how they order the top is that the everything after 10 makes no sense. There yes. is no tangible logic, eye test, what have you. It, it, it really doesn't exist. It kind of That's where it feels like they're throwing darts at a dartboard. This is, uh, this is more just a stat. You guys have brought up the Wake Forest-Cincinnati resume debate. And obviously Cincinnati has that win over Notre Dame. But if you look according to ESPN and the strength of schedule metric, Wake Forest is 98th and Cincinnati is at 100 in terms of strength of schedule. 
Wake Forest is fifth in strength of record, Cincinnati's sixth. So technically— And strength of reg- record is really flawed and right. values a zero in the loss column way too much. But let me revisit something, okay? The Cincinnati high point is a very high point. But I think because the American is a better league in terms of the amount of good teams than it usually is because of SMU and Houston being legitimately good teams— People are putting too much weight into what Cincinnati's done in their own conference. It's not like Cincinnati. Just because the American is a good conference because it has SMU and Houston does not mean that what Cincinnati's done in the American is even comparable to what Oregon's had to beat already in the Pac-12. Because the teams Cincinnati has played in their league have been the worst teams in the American. It's Temple, who is ungood. It is Navy, (laughs) and Tulane, who have a cumulative two wins between them, that, by the way, Cincinnati trailed in the second half to both of those teams in their most recent two games. And UCF, that people are just going to see on the schedule and be like, oh, it's UCF, that's a good win. It's not. UCF's not that good this year. Gus Malzahn has kind of broken them, and they're without Dylan Gabriel. So, So Cincinnati has one good win and a bunch of poop. But the thing is, I think we're completely missing the boat. If we're evaluating teams based on their— Who they played and who they've beaten. If we're, if we're evaluating those teams based on who their worst resume wins are. This is like— this is I'm like just if we're, saying they don't have a lot argue, of other good ones. But they struggle. Here's the thing. People are going to denigrate Cincinnati based on Navy and based on Temple and all that. If the same person walked up to you on the street in first weekend of December when this— committee comes and makes its final poll and they said you know i completely agree with them going ohio state over oregon because Mm -hmm. i thought ohio state was better and i'm not saying i I do i thought ohio state was better against uh tulsa and akron than oregon was against fresno state that would be stupid it would be really stupid to evaluate teams based on their ninth 10th 11th and 12th best game or or hardest opponent but like we wouldn't do that. We only do that because we're grasping for straws to be against the Cincinnati people. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying context matters. Context and, and matters. the two worst teams you played recently, Navy and Tulane, you've not looked good against, and that should matter. I was so ready to pronounce Ohio State the second best team in the country, and then they didn't blow Penn State out. They struggled. That was a tough game. That doesn't mean that Ohio State is worse for it. Ohio State is way different and way better than they were when they lost. Context matters, though. See, and we can reevaluate this next Wednesday after they come out with the second poll. Which will undoubtedly look very different. Yeah, because what they did this week is they said, all right, Wisconsin beat Iowa. We're putting them ahead. We had Kentucky lost to Mississippi State. We're putting Mississippi State ahead of them. We had, uh, who's the third? Oregon over Ohio State. So th- those are three examples where they specifically said, they pounded their chest and they s- the committee said, hey, look at us. We watched the games. We saw who won. We're going to admit who, 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 we're, who we're going with over the other. Next week, I could foresee a situation where they flip those types of situations, those types of rankings around, or they distance them and they, they claim that strength of rat- record matters more, or they claim that the eye test of we just believe that Ohio State is better than Oregon now becomes the argument. And maybe, like, that is their creative way of avoiding 
criticism all the time, but in a roundabout way, it just like it protects them while at the same time making them look stupid. Yeah, and, and if they're gonna use the "Hey, we just think that this team is better" argument, which I think is the best argument, it's the most, it's the least assailable. Stick to it. Don't relent. Put Ohio State over Oregon because the team that Oregon beat in Ohio State is not the Ohio State that is currently taking the field for Ryan Day each weekend. It's not. But if so you're, if you're going to do that, put Ohio State over Oregon. And if you're going to do that, Alabama can't be too because what have we seen from them on the road against good teams that makes us believe that? What have we seen from them at home against good teams? I mean, even the Florida win. That we were like, ah, that was a little scary, but it's Bama. They'll, they'll bounce back. They'll, they'll get better. I mean, they that rolled. Florida, they rolled. Florida's five hundred team. You're talking about Tennessee at home. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about Tennessee at home. But I, I went even further back in time to when they went to Gainesville. Yeah, if you're just the, talking about road. raw eye that's test. In the, in the moment when they beat that Florida team and struggled, it was like, ah, Florida's a top fifteen team. Dan Mullen's offense is Dan Mullen's offense. Whatever. Now we know that Florida. Is like meh, eh. No, not good at all. They're two and seven in their last nine against power five teams. They're four and four on the year. They'll probably finish eight and four. But they certainly aren't good enough to have a two point conversion chance at the end of the game to maybe beat Alabama. So anyway, Bama's younger than they usually are, and they are way, way less consistent than they normally have been under Nick Saban. And that's a fact. And if you don't agree that that's a fact, you're not watching. So them at two scares me. Because I hope for the best for the committee, but you may be right. They may just be throwing darts at a dartboard. And with that, we'll go to our first break. We'll come back and tell you after we've criticized a group of 13 other people in Grapevine, Texas, for what they got wrong. We'll tell you what we've gotten wrong so far on the season. It'll be a good time. Heat Check continues after this. Do you like tennis? Yeah. Do you like it to party? Yeah, even more so I like it to party. Then come on down and join the tennis party at Down the Line Radio Show on Blaze Radio. You can listen to it Mondays at 2.30 to 3 p.m. Host is Carson Brabber talking about tennis, tennis things, tennis players, tennis coaches, tennis writers. Come on, sometimes talk about the tennis. You don't want to miss it, so come on, tune in, and let's party. Sports, Arizona State football, investigative journalism. How long are the lines on mill? Campus life. Why is there so much construction? Coverage across the valley, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe, Glendale, Arizona State of the Union, Thursday nights at 10. Mac Friday and Jack Johnson. Jack Loader and Zach Keenan. Plays radio. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is Mickey from March, and you're listening to Blaze Radio. Back in here at Heat Check. Just crossing over towards 8.30 local time. Little Toby Keith. Should have been a cowboy, and maybe we should have game because we certainly said some stupid stuff about college football in our day job. 
we're going to look at some things that we maybe didn't get so right on the season. Maybe we'll take a victory lap on the stuff that we did get right so that we can assure you that we do know what we're talking about after that. But, Gabe, I'll let you start. What is the stupidest thing that you've said so far this year? Man. I will say the stupidest thing that I said this year is... I would say believing in Sean Clifford. <laughs> I was not expecting you to start here. Um, yeah, I think I will just say in general, I am. I don't know why I've ever had real belief in <laughs> in any big time. Because you court. saw him on a crosswalk in no, State no, no, College. No, 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 no. I actually voiced my displeasures quietly to myself <laughs> as I drove so by him. So you didn't State voice them. To myself, I, I voice them. <laughs> but my my point is this. For someone as outspoken as I have been, and I, I think all three of you guys know, that I've been super outspoken about how how bad someone like Spencer Petrus has been. Peyton, every once in a while I send you text, Peyton Thorne, not not the best. So uh, may, It might just be because Gabe on Gabe's, I'm a little bitter that all my guys have been fragile and hurt and things have happened to them. But maybe I just want to drag the Peytons down in the world. So I say bad things about Peyton Thorne. But I'm so happy. I'm so jovial about watching Graham Mertz play and Sean Clifford play. And in reality, there should just never be any hype about any Big Ten quarterbacks that aren't playing for the Ohio State University because Cade McNamara is not very good. Uh, I don't think that we love the consistency that Adrian Martinez ever shows. Nothing at the Northwestern school is extremely impressive. I just... The Northwestern School. Yeah, I'm calling them the Northwestern School. Sounds like a boarding school. I just—I mean, it pretty much is. I apologize for unwavering support of Graham Mertz. <laughs> I was duped. <laughs> I saw the man throw for six touchdowns and 400 yards. Happens to the best of us. And one of the most impressive throws in person that I've literally ever seen. Um, so I was duped. Hand up. I got one wrong. Uh and hand up twice, I got another one wrong. Sean Clifford, he duped me. The, the Auburn game, I thought he was fixed. Which is funny, because he actually competed really hard and played okay against Ohio State. So it's interesting to me that you're taking the stance now. I think... Would have thought you would have held the line for a little bit longer. I, as, as someone who bought very small shares of Sean Clifford Heisman stock before well, last they're, year. They're, before last year. You, you, we made a whole video about it. They're no, pretty was, significant yeah, pretty position for you. Small. They were supposed to be long shots. They're pretty, they were supposed to be. Sh- I mean, mine were John Reese Plumley and Derek Stingley. Yes. So long shots. John Reese Plumley got out, benched, Peyton, became Peyton, a receiver. Peyton, Derek Stingley didn't play. Peyton, I'm trying to help you out. No, I know. I'm trying to help you out. To that point, I was supportive of Sean Clifford, of being like Trace McSorley, or like a really a really good college football quarterback. And he's just average. Like he's good enough to win you seven games, eight games, seven in a bowl. Uh, and I think that'll still happen. But. I had belief at the start of the year that maybe Penn State could go 10-2, and 11-1, go to the Rose Bowl, maybe sneak in fourth spot in the playoff. And like they probably would have won the Iowa game if he wasn't hurt, and it, that probably changes the way that— He might still be hurt also. The, uh, maybe. Um, yes, I apologize for supporting Big Ten quarterbacks that are not playing at Ohio State. Is he better than Will Levis? No, neither of them. Are, neither of them are very good. <laughs> but is he better than Will Levis? I think. Th- I think the result would be. I think if Will Levis is the starting quarterback at Penn State, they are also five and three. Okay, six and two if both of them would have stayed healthy against 
Iowa. Iowa is not good. To the interns we go. On a scale of one to uh, Chris Broussard blaming the Bills' loss <laughs> on the injury to Taylor Lewan, really hurting their offensive line, how bad does that take? Um, I'd give it like a four. I don't think it was that Thank far you. off. Four Broussards. Yep. I don't think it's that far off. Brew crew. Ride or die for the brew crew. Yeah, I'll, I'll go five here. It wasn't that bad. I mean, and, and if you look back at it now, it's bad. But at the time, it's not bad. So, no. Okay. I'm sorry, Brett Mielema, what happened to your boy? Gets the best of us. Man, I was in the state. I was 25 minutes away. I couldn't help him out. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I really messed up on Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. After the <laughs> Iowa State game... I was just, I was so intoxicated by the way they played football, the energy they had, the execution that they were maintaining, the focus, just felt like they weren't making mistakes. Didn't read into how truly bad this offense was. And moreover, how Spencer Petras was literally the most passive quarterback in the existence of ever. Like, there are dudes in the triple option that are more willing to throw the ball down the field than Petrus. And I thought that Iowa was going to be a sneaky playoff contender because I thought that they'd be able to maintain that brand of football throughout the season where they force turnovers, they don't make mistakes, and they get out of there winning games 24-3. to That ain't what's going to happen. Yes. Iowa is probably going to lose out on a chance to, you know, maybe go to the conference championship game. Because of Minnesota, the Gophers are coming. But more realistically, Wisconsin on their worst year is still going to fumble their way into the conference championship game. And it's because Iowa just ain't that good. And I, I crowned them a playoff contender, and I was so wrong. I think when you consider I, – I was so alarmed when I found out that in terms of offensive success rate, such a nerdy stat, probably – you were abrasive to it because you like white-knuckle football. You like beating guys up in the trenches, and you appreciate Iowa because of that. I think I'm more nuanced than that. but No, but you appreciate I, I just you think, appreciate good physical football. I do, but I also think boiling anything down— I also appreciate really good offensive football, but I think boiling anything down to a number set that tells you how good a team is is going to be flawed. So in that way, I'm a nerd about certain things. I, I, there are certain efficiency numbers I love. But that's just not one of them. You just but offensive success rate is objectively just telling you how close to converting on first down, converting on second down, and finishing the job on third down you do. And Iowa was barely ahead of a Vanderbilt team, which at that point hadn't even shown signs of progress. They have now. And now they have. Yeah. But good job, I, I was Iowa's offense still sucks. And like the deep if there's anything that you can consistently know in college football. It's that, and just in football in general, and the NFL is the same way. Turnover luck, turnover regression is a legitimate thing. And for yeah. Iowa versus, like, a bad defensive team like Oklahoma, they're still going to turn people over more frequently. But the level to which and the offensive help to which their turnovers did was just unsustainable. Gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to give that one... Seven and a half. Whoa. And my reasoning for that, one might be because I do not like Iowa being from Minnesota. (laughs) Okay. Good reason. I was hoping you would be wrong. Second off was just because of the way 
that you had thought they were just going to keep turning people over and winning games by doing that, I don't think was sustainable. And I remember Gabe trying to tell you that it wasn't going to be sustainable. And then we saw it's not sustainable by having an awful offense. So I would just say— By losing to Purdue. Call yes. what it is. Yes, by losing to Purdue. And having no chance against Wisconsin. Yeah, so I don't think it was. I don't think the take was that bad because I think a lot of people thought watching Iowa against Penn State, like, oh, this could be this could be the year. But just the but way. By the way, because if you really appreciate football, it actually as ugly as it was, it somehow was beautiful. True, but I'm gonna stick with my seven and a half. But mostly probably for the fact that I I don't like Iowa, and you're right, it is the Gophers' year. So yes, as it is every year, as we know. I'm going to go eight here. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Come both, on. Both of you, I think, are a, are a spot too high considering this. After Peyton saw Iowa beat Penn State, he went hand up and he said, this team can't do this. Like, like this team deserved to lose. I was, I was right about picking Iowa. Gabe got a loss in the heat check game pick standings, but he didn't deserve one. Like, he... Admitted his sins, like he had. Listen, listen. Sometimes, sometimes in a you know like a prize fight, right? Fight doesn't really start until the fourth round. The guys are like feeling each other out, especially when it's not heavyweights. And in that first round, that that fourth round, where they both showed up to fight, Iowa got the legitimate test from Penn State. They won the round. They landed more punches, but they got hit in the face so hard and got really rattled. And I realized in that moment they didn't have the kind of punching power. It, took to go to distance in a complex analogy as i do sure that's a fair point but we're going off your original take here and the original take you were really high on iowa and i I personally was never really that high on iowa this year i thought wisconsin was going to win the west preseason and as of right now they'll probably find a way to if the gophers can't get it done this year which they will do you feel good about getting that prediction right kevin huh do you feel good and like about Wisconsin? I don't know about Wisconsin. I'm legitimate about getting that take right, that Wisconsin would win the West. Uh, they haven't won it yet. They still got to play Minnesota. But, <laughs> but if they do, if they do, sure I'll feel good. But the Big Ten West is bad this year, so I mean it's not that hard to pick it. I don't know. I, I feel kind of icky. Getting that one right, just like I felt kind of icky about Iowa. I don't feel icky at it. I think I think he's just mad that we gave him an eight and a seven and a half. A little bit. (laughs) I thought that was kind of harsh. Didn't realize I was being lined up in front of a firing squad. Jeez, Um, Gabe. I'm I'm a real one track mind, and I like to clean my brain of all the things stupidly that I've said. But I will say this, because I know Peyton wants me to talk about North Carolina, and I'm gonna I'm gonna delay that. I apologize for being absurdly high on Oregon's offense. Like, I believed that Joe Moorhead was going to be able to fix Anthony Brown's deficiencies, mask his deficiencies. In some moments, it looks like he has. And sometimes he does. But I thought it was going to be to the point where it was competent all the Mm -hmm. time, and that is not the case, and that's why we have games like Cal. Uh, and I'm not going to cite the Stanford game because the Stanford game, I think, is a product of Joe Moorhead not being present. Injuries, whole lot of stuff. And all of that, uh, the, the C.J. Verdell, just outright poor officiating, all those things. But it doesn't excuse the fact that they couldn't pass the ball effectively against Cal. It doesn't excuse the fact that they didn't throw the ball extremely well against Fresno State earlier in the year. All of those such things. Um, 
I think that there is a hard cap on Oregon football because of that this year. And I think that there's – yeah, I just – I like good play callers, and that's why I got duped into Penn State. That's why I got I, – I've still been high on Oregon, and I feel like the, the, the knife is going to go into the chest when they, when they go to Utah because I just think something weird's going to happen there. I Here's one. I refuse to say I was wrong about Utah. They're not good. They're not. It's just, ah, man, there is not a team in the country – that gets more of a bump from playing at home than the Utes of Utah. I don't know if you can say that they're not good. I, I, I still don't I believe think, that they are in the tier of some of the best teams uh, in the Pac-12. I think but they I just would think have that beat a lot San Diego more, State if they had Cam Rising. They're a lot tougher than people, and I underestimated that. And, yeah. I just I don't think that if Utah had to play their home games at Sun Devil Stadium, I think Utah would be a below 500 team. Sorry. <laughs> I would agree. Um, and they are an incredible story, and I don't want to take anything away from that. I will say this. I thought that Mike Leach would be collecting unemployment by year's end. <laughs> he has done a remarkable job with that Mississippi State program for how bad it looked last year as disorganized and just listless as the Bulldogs looked last year. They're ranked inside the top 20 of the original college football playoff poll. Now, so much of that is to give Alabama a crotch to put them at two and say, look, Alabama got to win over a top 20 team. But for them to go to Kyle Field, even if, and I know I'm qualifying praise here, which I shouldn't be doing, even if A&M was looking ahead to Alabama and just didn't prepare for them, to beat Kentucky. Kentucky is another one I felt icky about. I said they were going to be good preseason that kind of fraudulently floated by throughout the year, getting by on, on duct tape. And they got exposed versus Mississippi State. But I will say, I, I thought this Mississippi State team was going to be on Vanderbilt tier. And they're actually pretty good. The SEC West is ridiculous. There is not any, the, the worst team in the SEC West might be Arkansas. And that should tell you everything about why the SEC is still billions of miles ahead of everybody else. Um, so for those, I'm going to give Gabe a two. And my reason for that being... Is you like Gabe more than me. I no, get it. It's okay. <laughs> no, my reason for Blue that bloods, is I think... ride together. Hey, we're, we're approaching basketball season. This is just me and, me and Riley linking arms. Brothers no, in arms. <laughs> the reasoning for that is because I think we think of Oregon. We think flashy uniforms. We think Marcus Mariota. We think offense. So I think he got caught in that trap. And at the same Ooh. point... I, I got duped by the jerseys. I also yes, exactly. I also think that CJ Verdell being out doesn't help them recently. I think they'd be a lot better if they had him still. And also I think they still have time to make up for it. And so I feel like They still should be in the playoff. Yeah. So their offense has been good enough. And Peyton, I'd give you a three. Uh, also because um I kind of agree with you. I thought that Mike Leach's air raid SEC offense was not going to work, and it has to some degree. So I don't think that either of those were that bad of takes. They uh, just haven't turned out to be that great. Like, my man literally during the game in Kentucky last year told his guys, run in directions. <laughs> yeah, not a it's great. It's something he did. We yeah. should have known. Like, the man. He was just laying the groundwork <laughs> in the call, air raid. He calls his plays off of an index card. <laughs> he has eight plays that they run. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, um, 
for Gary, we'll go three. Same reasoning as Riley. And I have the same reason as Riley for Peyton, too. Except I'm going to go two for Peyton because I honestly thought Mike Leach was going to be gone by midseason's end. So I was wrong on that. All right. We're running out a little bit low on time. Is there anything quickly that you want to fire off? Uh, I apologize for hating on Wake Forest. Uh, Peyton loves Sam Hartman. I said that Kenneth Walker leaving was going to hurt them. It Even really... though n- neither of us knew who Kenneth Walker was before the year. No, but like my point is, as as the like this is not a zero and zero record take. This is a when Wake Forest was like three no four no. I was still anti Wake Forest. I apologize for loving on North Carolina. Peyton thinks I loved on them more than I believe that I did. Uh, wrong on that end. I apologize for support of Arizona State being a Pac-12 South contender. Uh, a team doesn't doesn't play with a lot of fire. Um, and I think for both of us, I apologize for us saying that we thought Texas was getting things right because they've got monkey problems. Jeez. Yeah. If you don't know that story, go, go look it up. Uh, Pole assassin. I think, like, uh, Overshone, their linebacker, tweeted once in august he's like i want a pet monkey and the coach who had the pet monkey that bit the kid on halloween said no you don't and we should have known that that's ex- that explains enough um we're just gonna blow through this last break I, before we move on from the bad takes i'm gonna open myself up to another one i'm gonna give a little bit of a fireball here and i didn't know if i was gonna give it before the show started but i am now the next coach of the michigan wolverines will be luke fickle and the reason for that is that that guy, Bo Schembechler, was an Ohio State guy. It worked out pretty well for them. think he fits that mold. And I do not think Harbaugh will be the head coach at the end of this year. That's a bold thing to say, considering his former athletic director runs USC's AD athletic department now. Fickle? Yeah. Yeah, the Cincinnati I, I don't, guy I don't, went to I mean, USC. Maybe they'll just go back to the well. It worked with Mick Cronin at UCLA. <laughs> Wouldn't be the worst. Cincinnati is the new bring, LA. Bring those Midwest values to uh, Mick from Cincinnati to to Los Angeles. Mm. Mm. I don't. I don't really feel bad about anything I've said this year. No regrets. North Carolina. No, like they're gonna beat Wake Forest this weekend. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Peyton, nope. That's nope. already. That's already gonna be a grudge match for for me and Peyton this weekend. Yeah, I already, I already know it. Not a not a conference game. They just they didn't meet each other on the schedule this year. Two teams from North Carolina they don't like each other. They're just like we'll schedule each other as a non conference matchup. Why not? I think Mac Brown thought it was a free win. Not gonna lie. You think Mac Brown thought he had to because they were a conference opponent? No, I think he thought it was a free no, no, win. no, 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 no. I'm saying Mac Brown might be a little woo. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be a, uh, wouldn't wouldn't I don't be the most far fetched yeah. idea ever. Let's let's do some uh, total transfer island. Change the music. We're gonna get bloody. Well, People are getting axed this except week. Except for Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker five touchdowns. Kenneth Walker is going all the way. First off, Hendon Hooker, Tennessee from Virginia Tech. Uh, volunteers won a bye week last week, so he did not play. So we're gonna treat this a little differently. Also. We're going to read the list off. We're going to read you what you, they did, but we're just going to go around the room this week and prune it down. If three of the four of us vote that the guy is gone, the guy is gone from the island. We will be replacing them next week with a couple new suitors. Might get lonely quick. Yeah. <laughs> so are we voting on Hooker right now, then? Yeah. Let's do it. Um, I'll, I'll leave him. I think he stays. He stays. 
Says. I was gonna say. He uh, your vote doesn't matter now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eric Gray at Oklahoma from Tennessee. Two attempts for five yards. Two catches for 15 yards. I think he's gone. See ya. No player in the country that I think was going to be due for a breakout season than Eric Gray. That has disappointed me more. So he gone. I, I, I think both of us, you were high on Gray. I was high on Spencer Rattler. We were just wrong about the Oklahoma offense of who was who. He's gone. Four. Uh, I Next up, we have Henry Toto from Alabama, from Tennessee. Tied won a bye week last week, but uh, he hasn't done much this year. I think I'm voting him off. He's gone. Alabama's defense is pretty much uh, – Georgia is what Alabama was supposed to be, and Alabama is not that. Henry is gone. Bye-bye, Hawaiian Hank. I say he stays. Leave it up to Gabe. Peace. See ya. <laughs> All right. Hi. Give it to me. Next up is Wandell Robinson at Kentucky, transfer from Nebraska. Nine catches for 79 yards and lost to Mississippi State last week. I think he stays. He is electric. I agree. I think he stays. Oh, it doesn't matter at this point. I was going to say, we got to start getting rid of dudes, and they keep losing. Except they've only lost twice. Uh, but uh, at this point, it doesn't he matter. Stays. So let's just move on. He stays. Charleston Rambo from Miami, transfer from Oklahoma. Last week, seven receptions, 101 yards in the Hurricanes, 38-34 win over Pitt. Uh... I'm indifferent about him, so he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Playing his best ball of the year. I'm indifferent. He goes. Gets a new quarterback. He looks like he's starting to feel himself. Yeah. And nope. Shout out Tyler Van Dyke. Kevin, Miami might have found a dude. Van Dyke <laughs> looks like he's 37 and he is a freshman. Uh, I think Rambo has to stay. He's really coming around. Yeah. He can stay, but like we wanted to kick a bunch of guys <laughs> off. And like we're not getting rid of Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Hell no. All right. This is a guy I think we can get rid of. Ty Chandler at North Carolina, transfer from Tennessee. He did have 15 attempts, 83 yards, and two touchdowns. Are lost to Notre Dame. But overall, not a great body of work. You got to look at the whole season. I think he's gone. Bye. I got bye. It doesn't matter what you say, Gabe. I think it's so Tennessee married up. They got Hendon Hooker. He's still on the island. All of the guys who transferred away. See ya. That's fine. He's gone. Barely Zappi, Western Kentucky. Peyton's favorite, I think, deep down inside. Oh, it's it's not very deep down. It's right it's, on the surface. It's That's very my God. Okay. Well, it's very out. Right. 33 46, 393 yards, four tutties, two interceptions in their 45 13 win over Charlotte. He stays. Give this man the Heisman. Yeah. Dude, he has 3,400 yards passing. He's a bucket. I've yeah. been trying to he, tell you. He stays for sure. Uh, Tanner Mordecai at SMU, transfer from Oklahoma, 24-37, 305 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick in their first loss of the year at Houston. But he's been tremendous all year. I think he has to stay. Going to Zach. Bye, Tanner. Nah, he's got to stay. Dumb name. He's got to stay. Hey, my brother's name is Tanner. Easy. Uh, your brother has a stupid name. <laughs> I really hope the Swensons are not I think we're going to be unanimous on this guy who's going to stay. Kenneth Walker to third. That's Riley's guy for the Heisman, too. That's right. 23 carries, 197 yards, and five touchdowns. And uh, Big Daddy Michigan State's win over Michigan. Big Daddy Michigan State. Big Daddy Mel. I think uh, I'm just going to say this. Kenneth Walker, it feels like we might be having a Claire and Dale situation on The Bachelorette. What is... Oh, okay, I don't... Making a reference that's going way over. Claire and Dale was the name of a town. No, Claire and Dale. The season's over. Like, we can almost... Like, Claire wants to marry Dale. Like, 
Dale, go go propose to Kenneth Walker. We almost, I'm just saying, I think we might need to graduate Kenneth Walker too. He's going to go win the Heisman, and we make this competition about other people. I agree with that, and I think in his place, we could bring back Tate Martell. Three no. out of four can yeah. vote him back. Three no. out of four can vote him no. back. Three-fourths. No. Gabe, it's the three-fourths majority. We're talking about free show, though. This I, is democracy, Gabe. I, this is what this country is founded on. Bring Tate back. That was Total Transfer Island. Didn't I Didn't I tell you guys what he had to do to get back on the island and you agreed to Some it? have said he's done it. Nobody watches UNLV games, so we go on the reports from the masses. Reports from the West say Tate is balling. No one says that. He's oh, two of six this that's year for what 27 I've heard. yards. My sources are different than yours. You got bad sources. Well, the interns, I think, are checking right now. He is two he of six for 27 yards, up. guys. Fake news. Oh, well, you going to do that like us with Tate Martell, Payton? Fake, fake, news, fake news. Fake news media on This my, is how on, we contort a narrative. On Mike One are just diluting the population. Okay, let's do game picks. Disappointing. Uh, all right, both of us went five and five this past week. We uh, split. We picked four games differently, and we, we went, went two, two and two. two in those games. Yes, we did. Um, which means I still have not had a losing week. I've had two five and fives. I still trail you by seven, so we're gonna have to get. You're gonna have to get really freaky. risky. Uh, good thing for you is I pick first this week. So, Army at Air Force, and I'm going to take Army on the road. Give me Air Force. Okay, I figured you would just go opposite. I love Army. It's my favorite service academy. Sneaky. Shout out to the troops. Sneaky think that Air that's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Number nine, Wake Forest at North Carolina. Oh, by the way, I just missed records. I'm 54 and 36. Peyton is 47 and 43. Both of us, shout out, got our green dog not only to cover, outright wins for Purdue and Miami. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I forgot who I picked. Yes, let's go. Shout out to the U. Playing for Manny Diaz. I said it earlier. North Carolina at home, non-conference game, as Peyton noted. I'm taking the Tar Heels over number nine Wake Forest, and we're ending one of the interesting playoff debates early. Uh, I think Wake is going to win this football game because this is Wake's year. I've got a buddy who works at Wake. Shout out, Adam. Shout out, Adam. Uh, Liberty at Ole Miss. I'm going to – one week does not derail me uh, – I'm going to still take Matt Corral, although doesn't make me feel good that Lane Kiffin is out here quote-tweeting articles today saying, per Lane Kiffin, 9 of 11 Ole Miss starters will be out for, for the offense. Just not a great sign. There was also an article about Matt Corral wanting to fight Wayne Gretzky's son in high school this week. Sick. That's, and, a le- that's pretty much the Chad Kelly legacy, man. Yeah. Like That's what they do at Ole Miss. And, and yet John Reese Plumley is just the wholesome guy. Yeah. Lane Kiffin also quote tweeted a video of this uh, like SCC parody YouTube channel that like was completely ripping into him this weekend. For and fourth he... down decision making. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Peyton? Love that. You want to uh, take I mean, Luke he's Willis? battling his predecessor. Matt Luke didn't happen, let's be real. Um, I mean, it's the return. Liberty coming to town. Hugh Freeze is the coach. And now. Lane, who did this at Tennessee, is on the opposite side of it. And I kind of wonder what – I mean, you know people are going to be brutal. You know people are going to be brutal, especially considering the nature of Hugh Freeze's dismissal from Oxford. Um, I don't think they're going to throw mustard at him. 
Liberty has been underwhelming this year. Ole Miss has too much offense for them, but they are banged up, especially at receiver, and that concerns me. So who are you picking? I just said Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, number I think. Three, I don't think you ever said. But I have right. now, so. Okay. Ole Miss is the pick. We have an agreement. Number three, Michigan State. I wish they would have been ranked number two so that Purdue could beat the number two team in the country again. Uh, I will take Michigan State. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. This is going to be a shoot-out. I think this game is played in the 30s easily. I am also going to take Michigan State, though. I just can't do it. All right, now I can root for Purdue to win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bell is an awesome player. They can really throw the ball around. I just don't think they're going to have enough. They'll lose like 38-35. Oklahoma State, 11th-ranked team in the country, another team that maybe controls its own destiny to a certain extent. In term- it's Ooh, certainly hold controls on. I'm going to flip the pick. Purdue, Naylor's out. He hurt his hand. I didn't know that. Yeah. I texted you during the game. He's got a cast on. I, I was sitting down getting ready to watch some Arizona State football. Boiler up, baby. Uh, per don't, but I'm per doing it. All right. Oklahoma State is the 11th ranked team in the country. They are playing West Virginia. I am going to take Oklahoma State. Yeah, West Virginia just beat Iowa State. You don't take the team that had the emotional win the week before to win on the road. You just don't no, do No, they're going to be at home. It's at West Virginia. Oh? The way you said it made it sound like it was at Oklahoma State. No, I said Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Well, I'm still going to abstain from picking the upset here. I think Oklahoma State will win. Okay. Got to make up seven games somehow. I've already done like three different than you. True. Number 13, Auburn. Road dog, four and a half points at number 14, Texas A&M. I'm going to take Bo Nix. Oh! On the road. Whoa, Bo, here we go. War Eagle. AM's got a really good defense and a lot of dudes on that side of the ball. AM's been playing really well as of late. If Auburn wears the orange face mask again, I've been asking them to do that for years. Brought back the Bo Jackson era. They win, but they're not going to. So I'm going to take AM and the team that I was so high on preseason that finally looks like the team I thought they would. All right, we got to speed through these. Number four, Oregon at Washington. I think the Ducks win. I think Oregon wins going away. Did you see what Jimmy Lake said this week? Yeah, if not, stupid. I'm just going to leave you to find it. It's on Adam Rittenberg's Twitter. My Lord. And you wonder why people think people in out west just don't care as much and stuff like Academic that. institutions. That's so dumb. Texas at Iowa State. I'm going to... This game is just mind-boggling. I hold a Texas over eight wins ticket. The only way that happens is if they win out. Um, I'm going to take Texas. Give me Iowa State. We're disagreeing a lot. All right, UTSA at UTEP. Shout out Gary Gary Barta for calling them USTA. I don't know if Gary Barta is a huge tennis fan. Maybe you should listen to some down the line. Um, But I will take UTSA. It's time to party, UTSA. All right, USC at Arizona State. Family I'm weekend. I'm calling the game. I'm, st- I'm abstaining. Pulling a Herb Street. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, wait, you're not. Are you, I guess you're not allowed to make it. Dang, I, I forgot. <laughs> can, I, can I have a supplemental? Yes. Oh, we're going to have to. I will find Who's Arizona dip. playing? No, find no, that. No, 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 no. Utah Stanford this weekend. I'll do that. I'll pick that. No, 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 no. Tennessee at Kentucky. It's literally a zero spread. It's pick okay. 
Uh, for me, I am going to take Tennessee. Too much I, offense. I will take Tennessee as well. Uh, Green Dog, I'm taking – I'm doubling down on the Wobo experience. Whoa! Auburn plus four and a half. <laughs> Let's yes. ride. Yes. yes. Bo yes. has been woed. Give me Stanford, a seven and a half point dog at home to Utah. They're going to win outright. I like that pick. All right. Good pick. All right. This has been Heat Check. What a show it was. We'll get back at you with more controversy from the college football playoffs, certainly on Wednesday.